cheaper than our producer's underage sister, edgier than the stuff shown on late night television. Newer than Kim Kardashian's ex, live from Orlando, it's Crazy Train Radio. content coming, I've got some info from some friends of the show. Speaking of friends of Crazy Train Radio, I'd like to give you the interview the Croc did with one of the slimiest people around, Robin Shelby, a.k.a. Slimer from Ghostbusters. This is Robin Shelby, Slimer from Ghostbusters 2, and you are listening to Crazy Train Radio. Like tailgating, stock car racing, and the blues, Yingling is purely American. Like neighborhood hardware stores and local diners, Yingling is a family business. And just like talking football, politics, or beer, Yingling is no nonsense. Yingling is like a lot of things, but our lager is unlike anything else. It's a true American lager, purely independent in a way that's hard to find these days in a way that's avoided every superficial fad and fancy distraction that doesn't have to do with making great beer. Maybe that's what's made Yingling Lager kind of an icon. It's no frills, no shortcuts. Beer that's all about the beer. Refreshing, isn't it? It says something about Yingling and the people who drink it. Ask for it on tapper and bottles wherever you go and get a taste for yourself of an American original. Think about it. We've survived for 185 years by making darn good beer. Yingling Lager, from America's oldest brewery. D.G. Yingling & Son, Pottsville, Pennsylvania. Please enjoy responsibly. Greetings, cinema fans. Cadaver here. I'm part of the titular duo from Touch Me Philly Productions Cinema After Hours. Abigail and I are Philly's only undead, I mean live horror-hosted events. We screen local independent films and have the spookiest events for you. Cinema After Hours Halloween Edition on October 26th, featuring the world premiere of the Half-Life Horror from Hell, from director Mark Master, starring WWF legend Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Oh, no! Join us on October 26th at 8 p.m. at Philomoka, 531 North 12th Street, and visit www.touchmefilly.com for more info. Simply yours. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. 
Do you enjoy murder, madness, and mayhem? Then find it with the King of Horror, Andy G, and the Mad Guru Geek Keith on Talking Terror Presents on blogtalkradio.com and iTunes. Talking Terror Presents, where no film is too good or too bad. Stay scared. Since we're coming on the 30th anniversary of (laughs) Ghostbusters and... Not too long, I guess, in the next year or so, it'll be the 30th anniversary, which is scary, of <laughs> Ghostbusters 2 as well. Right. Uh, we actually have, through Skype right now, Miss Robin Shelby. Robin, how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you for having me, by the way. <laughs> hey, no problem. Yeah, this has been in the works for about two months or so with everybody's, <laughs> with the, everybody's busy schedule, but yeah, all good. We finally made it happen. Yes. That's the important part. Yes, it's being done as we speak and being taped uh that's here and there but how have you been i guess we'll ask right away i've been i've been doing great actually you know keeping busy and uh out of trouble so i guess that's a good thing uh well isn't there a lot of trouble you can get into in the west coast there or oh come on of course absolutely absolutely Well, well just ask i had to ask because of some of the previous conversations we've had living where you live in uh, Southern California. I just got to make sure you don't get in trouble with that puppy of yours there. (laughs) Yes. My puppy's wonderful and she gets in all kinds of trouble enough for me and my husband together. So Uh, it's all good. So who's (laughs) then I got to ask then uh, who Mm -hmm. is the uh, lead dog in the house? Is it the husband that keeps everybody in line or is it you? You know, it, it's the puppy that keeps things in line around here. She rules the roost. Is that horrible? So, it's no, horrible. it's not horrible. It's like a child, I would say, right? Very, exactly. Very much so. She's definitely like having, having a kid. The only thing is, you can't kennel a baby. You'd get arrested. Oh, well. So, so that's that's the only benefit to a dog. Well, <laughs> well, you know, the only thing though is, I, my kids over in a being in a kennel now. Uh, <laughs> Yep. Do they like? Do they like the kennel? They go in there on their own. Well, you know, well, I don't know if she <laughs> likes it, but oh wait, hold on, my cell phone is ringing. I think that's Typhus calling now. <laughs> yeah, that that's the state calling. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Hi, what was that you said about kenneling your daughter? You know that? <laughs> no, that it. Oops, my bad. Saying on a public forum <laughs> like this, that ain't right. <laughs> All right. Gotta rain. I gotta rein in it a little bit for myself, anyway. Like I said before, we were talking beforehand, uh, mm-hmm. being honest and getting in trouble. I'm gonna get myself in trouble if I don't rein myself in a little bit here, Robin. Oh, <laughs> oh, have cool. fun. Be honest. Uh, I love it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, like I was saying there, we are coming up on the 30th anniversary of Ghostbusters, and mm-hmm. yeah, you know, almost to that point with Ghostbusters 2, which you were tied to as okay. Slimer. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you believe it's been that long since the series has started? No, it's been 25 years ago that, that Ghostbusters 2 was released. And no, it doesn't it, – it, it seems like it's for me, honestly, yesterday. It's really weird. But it's, it's hard to believe 25 years have passed. But the cool thing is um, – and I talk about this a lot. 
after, how many films after all these years, after 25 and 30 years, have this kind of um, attention and staying power? You know, it just kind of goes to show the writing was so great and uh, the lead actors, everybody in, in the movies, you know, everything was so incredibly funny and it stands up today. The comedy in that in, in the films are, are just as amazing today as they were 25 and 30 years ago. So, well, I got to ask you, because it's been a hot topic of lately and of mm-hmm. the past couple of years anyway, but it's finally in recent months and weeks finally been confirmed uh ghostbusters 3 have have they reached out to you at all to have some sort of involvement with it no i've you know i've i'm pretty much i've heard what the fans have heard it's like it's on again it's off again bill is involved he's not involved um there it's an all-girls cast it's not it's i i don't really until it actually happens and they yell action on ghostbusters 3 it's hard for me to to really you know pay attention to too much anymore until it's for sure there's just a lot of rumor, a lot of a lot of a lot of talk, but like nothing concrete at this point. Well, uh, do you hope the phone rings? Uh, of course. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm. I, I have a really kind of cool idea. I think it would be fun for people. Um, for instance, um, myself and and Jim Fai, who actually uh, played, he's the guy who did the Statue of Liberty, and the Ghost Jogger, to take a bunch of these people that are kind of behind the scenes, but the fans know who they are. And, and kind of give them little cameos within the film. I think that would be kind of fun for the fans to see. Almost um, like a wink and a nod to pay homage to... Uh, yeah, people little stopped. Easter eggs within the movie that the fans could the fans could enjoy. It's like, go back to Ghostbusters 1, you could... you could uh, the, the guy who played um, Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, you know, Billy Bryan could be could be there. It, it would just be so much fun, I think, and it would be a wink-wink, you know, to the to the fans, I think. Yeah, for everybody to be involved. Uh, exactly. Well, speaking of the cast that you mentioned there, of mm-hmm. you know everybody pitching in and making it, making both films uh, so far successful and lasting this time, uh, how can we not talk about uh, Harold? Uh, yeah. How? When did you find out about Harold, and did you or were you in touch with him at all throughout the years? No, see, I, the funny part about the job that I that I did on Ghostbusters 2, I was kind of in the San Francisco Bay Area at Industrial Light and Magic shooting alone in front of a blue screen. So technically, I didn't have to work with any of the cast members. My stuff was shot separately. They, you know, like the cast would shoot their stuff in New York, and then the special effects group would shoot their stuff, and then you put it all together. Put it all together. So um, I didn't have to work with unfortunately, any of the cast members, because I think they're so talented. It would have been amazing. I've met some of them since then, but sadly, Harold was not one of them that I actually worked with in person, even though we were in the same film together. We never we never got to meet, but a huge fan, um, obviously a huge loss. Um, some of the best American comedies you can attribute to Mr. Ramis. You know, he's it's it's a huge loss. We've lost a lot of really really good funny people recently. It's kind of sad. Yes, uh, and one being uh, as it is taping, unfortunately, is uh, Joan Rivers. Uh, exactly. Past, in the past couple of days, so. And of course, Robin Williams. You know, oh, yeah. it's like these are huge huge comic icons that, you know, they'll they'll live forever in their work. Thankfully, but. Um, I found out, you asked me how I found out, I was um, sitting 
on a computer on Facebook. And at first I didn't believe it. I kind of saw a few posts and then a few private messages and then a ton of private messages came in. Have you heard? Have you heard? Have you heard? And then, of course, I went to like a few legitimate news new sites like CNN and said, OK, is, is, is it being posted there, too? And it was. And that's where it was kind of confirmed. And I, I started crying. You know, it's like it was just really it was very sad. It was very sad. Well, are you saying Facebook is not legitimate? news <laughs> sometimes no, <laughs> no you know? I, know it's, <laughs> I know what you're saying now and but you know, i always want to confirm it you just never know yeah. you know it yeah unfortunately but, things get out there on social media which is good and bad but yeah it's definitely one of those things not that we're making light of uh Howell's death here but exactly. yeah just the way she said uh she had found out but he was right. definitely as far as comedy is concerned a one of the pioneers for his time period, you know, he you know involved with Stripes with fellow co-star of Ghostbusters, Bill Murray and Caddyshack and just you. We don't need to really go down the list. People know and movie fans know the list of things he was involved with. But I really wish I had been given the chance to. Um, to he's one of the cast members that um, although we're in the same film together, you know, we, we never really cross paths. And it's 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 really unfortunate i would have loved to have to have met met him and possibly worked with him again in the future on another film like i said i just really idolized him just an amazing talent well because obviously from last i had seen uh with ghostbusters 3 being uh edited as far as like the writing and things like that uh to go to film next spring can mm -hmm. the can the franchise even though it from what i've heard being the torch being passed on to a new generation or whatnot. Can mm -hmm. it be the same, do you think, without Harold? It's going to be, a, in my mind, it's, it's a huge hole that's going to be there. Because um, he was like the heart, one of the creators, the writers. He was like the, the heartbeat behind, you know, both films. So I, I don't know. I think for me, it, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. He was a humongous portion of what Ghostbusters was. So... I don't know. That's a really good question. Yeah, because there was another franchise that I know is in the can, and a second film is coming out with it. And I was kind of asking the same question, even though it has its full cast. Yeah, just with the time period there. Because like you said, it's been 25 years since Ghostbusters 2. Right. And it's you know, that's one of those things I think you would ask as a fan. If the third does come out and is produced, mm -hmm. and you know what I'm saying, like, how, will time at least change it? And, you know, I don't know how to describe it. It definitely seems like uh, we'll 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 live up to the hype and all that kind of thing. I just hope if it does get made, I hope they're really careful and the comedy it, it's as good or better. I don't see that that would be tough to make it any better. But um, that it stands up to the other two films. You know, I hope they make it because it's a good film, not just because they want to make a third film to yeah. make some money. I hope they do it because it's going to be great for the fans and, you know, people will love it. Yeah, there, there's a fine line there with, uh, you know, as far as uh, doing it, like you said, to make try to make some money or right. doing it for the art of doing so. Uh, however, though, I had recently heard with you mm -hmm. that there was a project recently announced, uh, Evening of the Dead. Uh, yes. 
that you're tied to. What is the mm-hmm. story behind this project here? Well, it's uh, there is a there's a, a gentleman who uh, was basically trained or with the, the BBC, who's now a, a director producer in Scotland. Um, it's called Bad Pony Media. Um, and he, he's a Ghostbusters fan. We kind of connected on Facebook. He befriended me because he found out, oh, here's here's a girl who played Slimer in Ghostbusters 2. And we started talking and he said, I have I, I really want to work with you. Um, here's a movie coming up. What do you think? And uh, and I I actually I auditioned. I put it on tape here in the U.S., sent it to him and uh, and got cast shortly after that. Um, so it it's funny how one job can kind of um, stem out and you get other work just because of one job you did 25 years ago. Because he was a fan, he kind of reached out to me. And um, now I have another project possibly in the works really soon here. So I'm really excited about that. Well, do you notice that a lot with your career? Because you are a working actor for sure, or actress. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you notice that a lot with the jobs you have gotten over the 25 years that a lot of it stems from one uh, project in particular that you've done? Yes and no. I'd say there's been a few definitely. um, They they found out about me because of the, the past work I've done. And there are some people that have hired me not even knowing. Um, what what I have done in the past. They they had no clue that I worked on Ghostbusters 2. And most recently, I've kind of, um, my husband and I have kind of created some of our own work. We've we've written, you know, a, a web series that we've produced that we're really, really proud of. Um, and so, you know, we kind of gone out and done our own thing as well, um, which, is, which has been an amazing learning process because I had to not only be in it, I not only had to be the actor, but I, I was the producer. I had to schedule everything i had to talk to the union to get it all all the paperwork done it was it was a really huge undertaking but um but i'm really glad i did it it's been a lot of fun well speaking of that because that's an interesting topic in itself and have discussed uh, other actors and actresses who have mm-hmm. done both roles be, both behind the camera and in front of the camera mm-hmm. uh how stressful is something like that <laughs> to uh like you said you got it not only are you working in front of the camera for the project, but like you said, you're dealing with the union, you're dealing with paperwork, you're dealing with, you know, just the business side of the particular project that you're working on. I, I, I acting is, is where my heart is. I think I had, I produced because I had to, um, it was kind of a necessity to, to, just because it's, I wanted to get it accomplished. So my husband directed, he, he, and he's really, he's a wonderful writer and, and he, he's very funny, and but his heart is also in acting. But we're kind of doing these outside other jobs within the industry, like writing and producing, just so we can we can get it out there and get it done. But but it, I think it makes you a more well-rounded actor um, by by knowing that side of it and knowing um, what it takes to get it done. Because I think you appreciate those people a little bit more when you're on the set next time and you write in you run into the writer or um, a grip or um, a producer, you kind of, you kind of know what what they're dealing with. So there's a little more compassion, I think. Well, okay. Would you say the producing and, like you said, your husband directs and, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, just you write and just the different jobs that you guys entail. Mm-hmm. Does uh, that make you say a better uh, or more? De- would you say it makes you a better uh, negotiator, or would you say it makes it more difficult to 
go for work because you understand the business side of things and you want to make sure you get your piece of the pie, say, for when you're going for a job. Oh, so you're talking like when, when I'm not producing and I'm an actor going for a job. Yes. Does it make me – it maybe makes me more aware, but I when, – when I'm strictly – when I'm an actor and it's not my show that I'm producing, I you kind of have to take that hat off. And hopefully the person who is working for you, you, you just trust them and you let them go to bat for you. Um, and, you know, you understand a little bit more, but, you know, it, it's – it's really difficult um, for me, even like when I'm producing our web series, there are, there's the production end of things where I'm putting it together beforehand. And then there's the day of the shoot that I have to take that producer hat off and put the actor hat on. And that, that's a really tough part for me actually is when I'm doing everything, it's like putting myself in that mindset of what I have to be doing at the time and not trying to do everything. Um, my husband would constantly be like on the day, Robin, you know, you put on the actor hat. You're the actor today, which is true. Cause I would try to like do too much and my head needed to be in one place. And, um, I, th I think the more you learn, it's like, I, I, I'm kind of a person that kind of wants to have my hand in everything. And, uh, and I think I just need to learn how to focus when I'm, when I'm producing. The good thing is about being an actor and not producing. That's kind of easier for me. Um, just because not, I have one thing to do and I, I have my lines. I have, I, I have to, be prepared and and do the best job I can do, and I don't have to worry about anything else. I, I kind of I kind of enjoy being on the set and just being the actor, personally. Okay, but uh, do you, I guess you have like you said you have a agent and everything else that you can give the ball to handle your business affairs as far as the acting jobs. Yeah, there there are people that you just have to yeah, exactly uh, your your manager or your your agent whoever you you turn it over and and just. Uh, you just trust that they're, they're they have your back and and that they're doing the best for you. Well, does would you say you now now that we bring up that side too? Because it was interesting. We were just recently uh, last week or two speaking with uh, Simon Bradford from the Hell best known from the Hellraiser series and all. Okay. And uh -huh. I found it interesting that he does. Yeah, and I he, yeah he. I could say this because he threw this out there during the interview that he handles all of his business affairs. Strictly as an actor, you know, he don't produce or anything like that uh, himself, which I found wow. which I found interesting. You know, we were talking about the same, uh, you know, same similar topic that because he does a lot of stage work on uh, over in uh, Europe and the UK and all as well. And I just right. found it interesting that, you know, he's saying, you know what? I get what I get, and, you know, I'm not afraid to, you know, negotiate my own deals. and you know, Right. Which I guess that's good and bad, but he also said I lose, I've lose, i lost work because of that, too. You know? Well, most recently for me, um, recently I've had to kind of deal with some of my own stuff because I was with an agent for a while who basically decided to not be an agent anymore and closed her doors. And so most recently I haven't, I have not had an agent to field those, those requests and the paperwork and, and to go to bat. So lately I've kind of had to watch my own back and I'm still looking, you know, be looking for somebody that, that again, that I trust to, to watch my back. But so I've had a little bit of experience lately kind of, um, dealing with things all on my own. Well, speaking of that, cause like you said, you're kind of looking to have somebody to watch your back and all right. uh, with the business affairs and all, how hard is that for you to, or, anyone in the entertainment industry to mm -hmm. really find somebody 
that you can trust that will be handling a lot of those affairs for you. Because like you said, there is a got to be real trustworthiness there. They're like they're like they're supposed to be your best friend, your your therapist, your your doctor, everything. It's like they're yeah, you're supposed to trust them completely, and and it's tough. You know, you you want to you want to be sure that it's a good fit. Um, you want to make sure like they they like you. They're they're excited about you, and you're excited about them. Because um, I think every every almost every actor has had that situation where they might be with somebody, and you know they're they're just they're with them, but there there's no excitement on the agent's end to. To, to get them out and to help them. And so you're kind of just there, just kind of in their file, not really doing a whole lot. They're not really working for you. So you want somebody who's not only that you trust, but somebody who's like, I really like her and I, I want to, I believe in her and I want to help her out. And that, that's what you want. Somebody who completely believes in what you do. Well, you've speaking of uh, doing some theater and other things mm-hmm. like we had mentioned with, uh, you know, some other people we have talked to and other genres mm-hmm. that, you and me have talked about so far with this interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I know you've done both voiceover and theater work yourself. So, but also film. Uh, do you have a particular genre that you enjoy doing stuff with? I, I got into the uh, industry when I was about eleven or twelve doing musical theater, and that's always going to be kind of my first love. Um, I absolutely, there's nothing like um, being with a live audience, hearing live reaction. And you're all in it together. You know, it's like, it's just, it's a, I want to call it a communal experience. Everybody's enjoying it. They're, they're feeling something that, that you're, that you're giving to them. And there's nothing like it. Film is amazing. The the good thing about film is you shoot something and it's there forever. Like Ghostbusters, for instance, will be there for every generation following us to see. But like when you do theater, it's kind of, when it's done, it's done. You know, it's like when you close closing night, there is no something that you generally can have forever, you know, to 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 show. So I I think film is really cool in that sense. And theater is just an amazing experience to 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 be in front of a live audience. It's it's that's my first love, I have to admit. Well, speaking of film and you do stuff with the web series and everything Mm -hmm. like that, uh, does that make you? nervous waiting to get a reaction compared to theater where you get that reaction good or bad right away i think when when you're shooting something as an actor you just you have to trust yourself that let's say it's a comedy even though you're not going to hear laughter because if you do the take is ruined so you you know even though people might want to laugh because you're doing something funny it's like you don't get that reaction that you would from a live audience you have to trust yourself that that what you're feeling feels good that it that you think it is funny and you trust your director to to look at what you did and and say we got it it's it's good let's you know i think we're 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 good to go in theater you kind of you don't need that you know it's like you either get a no laughs at all or you get a huge laugh and you know it worked um so film you just kind of have to trust a little bit a little bit more and you just got to go with your gut well speaking of trust there are you one of those actresses that because uh, I've heard different actors uh, and actresses say throughout time there, mm-hmm. you know, depending on your training and philosophy and everything else like that, some will say that I've heard anyway that what is on the paper is golden. Yeah, you know, what is on your script. But let us say, depending on the job, it's, uh, you know, you can play around with it. Like if it's comedy or 
you know, different depending on the genre you're looking in. That right. There's a and the, I guess the director as well that there's might be some wiggle room depending on where you're at within the story you're trying to tell. Mm-hmm. I I think that's a like when you're working in film, I think that's all a, a director and a writer's call. Generally, whenever I go in for an audition, I try to do it word for word because you might have a writer that that that's 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 their heart. They want to hear what they put on the page. And if if you start paraphrasing and kind of doing your own thing, you could easily offend somebody. If the writer's in the room, you don't want to take what they wrote and kind of scramble it up. Um, But there are times on the set that you might do it word for word and then they might say, you know what, let's play with it a little bit. But I, I don't do that on my own. I would I would wait I would wait to see if they 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 want it to be played with at all because generally I I don't like playing with words unless everybody's cool with it. Well, how about opening uh, to suggestion? Like if you have suggestion, like if you're reading something, you're on set or whatever the case is, whether it be film or you know, it's kind of hard with theater because. Uh, a lot of times in theater, it's stuff that's been around for years. You know, your right. Annie's, your Oliver's, your things like I've that. I've done both those shows, by the way. Yes, I know. I've seen your uh, resume. <laughs> uh, good man, Charlie Brown. Uh, you know, certain you know certain uh, staples in the theater are. Right. You know, that's it is what it is. People know those stories. Wizard right, exactly. of Oz, but there's like with film and or you know some other projects. You know, there might. Are you willing to at least make some suggestions, even though you don't change the words, unless it's cool with everybody? You know what I'm saying? Is there? Are you willing to suggest things? To well, absolutely. I mean, hopefully, you have that that um, communication with like your director. If something, if 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 you're looking at a line and and it's just not coming out right, it's not feeling right when you say it. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, "What do you think if." And then, and then you go to them to see how they feel, and they might say, "No, I really need you. I need this line to stay the way it is," or they'll they'll listen to the suggestion and say, "Well, let's try it." I don't think, yeah, I, I've I've actually said that, you know, I've actually suggested certain things in the past. I try and it, I only do that if it really doesn't feel right. Um, but I'll 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 make a suggestion, and if they're open to it, then I'll do it. But I don't want to just make that choice on my own while we're shooting, and uh, and and change lines as we're going without without discussing it. Well, yeah, there's got to be that open line of communication. I would exactly think, when you're exactly Well, speaking of your husband again, uh, you said he is a director. How is he tougher on you with projects you've done together with the web series or the, no, would you say really, he's, he's able to be hubby and nice and everything like that? Um, there's it, there's a great give and take with me and my husband. And especially when, when we're working together on a project, I think um, we'll talk about it leading up to the day that we shoot. And he's really open to, it's kind of going back to what we talked about. I'll say, well, what if this line was this way? Cause he's also, he's the writer of, of the web series. And I, again, I would not want to change his stuff without, even though he's my husband, I don't want to, you know, trump him and say, I'm going to change the line without talking to him and seeing how he feels. So th- there's a great, there's a great communication. He's not tough on me, but he'll definitely say, you know, this didn't work or, um, you know, Robin, you kind of, you, you missed this line here. Let's take it again. He's not ever, he, he's extremely compassionate and honestly wonderful, but he's also, he, he is talk about honest. He, he will, he will say something didn't work or it looks amazing. And I, I trust him because he'll, 
he won't just say, oh, yeah, it's good, unless I, I really trust him if he says, yes, it worked. And so we, I, th I think we have a really good, because, you know, because of our, our marriage and how long we've known each other, it only helps us when we work together because there's a great, great give and take that we have. Uh, I think it works really well. Well, let me ask you this then, you know, because even though there's that great relationship and good give and take and everything else like that, mm -hmm. uh, are you able to, I, I don't know how, I wouldn't say anything gets heated at work, but are you able to leave work at work then when you guys go home for the day? It, you know, you keep personal and professional lives separate there if you're working together? Oh, definitely. I, I think we, I think we feed off the creativity. There's never a, we don't really get too heated over the the jobs that we do. I think we get more excited about it. I, th I think I think when we're shooting something, we get to look at it afterwards. For instance, it's it's just a, a lot of joy. I think we look at it going, "Oh my gosh, this is so funny. This is working really well." I think it 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 just is 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 it's a positive thing generally for us almost every time. It's 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 just always a good thing when we sit back and the fruits of our labor. You know, when we see it played back and and it's working, it's. It's amazing. So generally, no, we don't, we don't, we don't hold on to any bad stuff at all. Honestly, I, I can honestly say we're pretty good at just trying to find the good in it and, and uh, enjoying the process. Well, uh, the interesting thing that I had read in doing my research and or <laughs> oh. there, yeah, they, they surprised, my parents surprisingly taught me how to read, which is scary. <laughs> Uh, good for them. Good yeah, for them. How dare they actually try to you know, be parents? And how dare yeah. they? Uh, how dare they teach? How dare they teach? Yeah, you know, wanted me to learn something. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I had noticed that you have done some stunt work as well, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit yeah. back in the uh, early to mid nineties, ninety four, ninety five, something along yes. those lines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, how often do you do stunt work other than the things that I had seen and? Has the stunts, what you have done, taken a toll on you physically? I've only done, I, I, I've done a couple of jobs. Um, I, I worked on Little Rascals and the Fantastics um, doing stunts. And I honestly realized that you have to have a certain constitution to do stunt work. And I really don't have that. Um, I, and, and I admire anybody who is like a hardcore, talented stunt person because I... I'm an actor who I happen to be petite, so they would be like, you know, you 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 fit this uh, the 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 build of this preteen that we need to have a stunt for. Um, do, do you want to you want to do it? And it just it I learned pretty quickly that it just I'm not the best at at taking physical risks. It's just um, you know that that's why you have stunt people and people who are completely fearless at that. I'm fearless as an actress. I'm not necessarily fearless as far as heights and. Um, and danger. I'm really not. And I, I kind of realized that on the Fantastics. Um, I was, uh, the character, um, the main character in the Fantastics gets shot out of a cannon um, as in the film. And I was the girl who got shot out of the cannon for her. And I was actually suspended from a wire hanging onto a platform and the wire had cut my back pretty badly. Um, and uh, and I, I kind of was showing the stunt coordinator and that's their mindset. He's like, you know, suck it up. He's like, you know, come on, you can you, you can do this. And that that is their mindset. It's like blood means nothing. And, you know, it's like they just they forge ahead. And I, I don't know. It just it wasn't it wasn't where my heart was. I, I could just tell, like, it's like I'm going to leave this to the people who live for this because it's not it's it's not what I do. It's well, not what I do. Well, would you say 
uh, without throwing numbers out there, that the pay is mm-hmm. better with the stunt work compared to doing actress work, or yeah, you know, because of the risks involved that you take. I, I think it, it it depends on how established you are as a stunt person. I think, um, for instance, if you're Tom Cruise's stunt guy, you come with probably a price tag. You know, what I mean, yeah. it's like. And it's you're definitely going to make some pretty serious bank, but that was not me. I wasn't this established stunt person. I was this person that I was kind of okay. I'll give it a try, and it's it's it it's really about the same daily daily you know pay that you would get as an actress. It's not a whole lot different. But again, if you're if you're doing that as a living and they know you, you're going to get quite a bit more. So it can be really financially beneficial to be a working stunt person. Yeah, because yeah, we. We've dealt with uh, people who've been, you know, unfortunately burned and, you know, exactly. you know, and just banged up in a car thing, flipping cars. And, you know, there's just all the risks that are involved with doing stunts. So I wasn't sure they had set up a whole different system for. But that does make sense. Like you said, if you're Tom Cruise's stunt person compared to, you know, little... Little Willow or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, which we know is a project you were involved with, Willow. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so, you know, like you said, you were a child actress, though. and I, I was, yeah. Willow was a Lucasfilm and Ron Howard project. Yeah. Uh, you know, that costume you wore was uh, pretty interesting for sure. Pretty what can amazing. You, what can you tell us about Willow and working for Lucasfilm at the time from what you remember? Well, if it wasn't for Willow, I never would have been cast as Slimer. Um, I tell this story a lot. It's true, though. It's like, you know, I, I got that job. It was a couple of days um, in front of, again, in front of a blue screen. A little bit of stunt work. Not really technically stunts, but I was being suspended. I was on a bar. And I, I was a troll, for those who might not know. The troll that got torn apart and eaten by a two-headed Hydra monster. Um, <laughs> and Willow's on the bridge, meets this troll, and the troll gets killed. Um, and that was me who got torn apart. So the special effect was being torn apart. And that's, that's what I did. Um, and, and I worked with them for a couple of days. They, I realized very quickly that the most amazing people at ILM, they're um, so incredibly talented. It's, it's beyond belief. And so I was there for a couple of days. And then, um, about a year later, um, my agent got a call and said, um, they kind of want to see you for an audition at ILM. And it, it didn't give me a lot of information, but I obviously I'm like, well, I'd love to go back to ILM, sure. And then I realized when I showed up what I was auditioning for, for Slimer, and um, I was cast that day. <laughs> but they, they had actually lost, they had already had somebody to play Slimer that they they had lost due to scheduling. And and that's why they said, well, wait a minute, why don't we call Robin in? Because I'd worked on Willow, they remembered me and said, why don't we give her a call and have her audition? So I was pretty lucky that I got the job on Willow because it, um, it was not only was it fun, but it allowed me again to get another job. Um, that was an amazing job to do. Well, that re- unfortunately, because of the Willow uh, scene you were describing for your character and getting torn apart, it it, over, <laughs> it almost reminds me of that. And I know you got a good sense of humor. Almost reminds me of that uh, Ron White joke uh, from earlier in his career when he was making uh, waves uh, early in the Blue Collar series. Mm-hmm. When his father told him he ain't turning out to to be shit, well, that well, daddy, guess what I end up now? <laughs> 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 I 
Yeah, it was just one of those, you know, <laughs> where he gets eaten by the bear. <laughs> he tells right, that right. joke. Daddy, right. I succeed at your goal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, uh, uh, <laughs> see, I, uh, I told you I, I usually get into trouble here. It's okay. But, You're not in trouble. <laughs> no, but, uh. You're just having fun. It's all yeah, good. Yeah, we're having fun with this. Uh, but. You know, how old would you say you were, but you don't mind me asking, with those jobs back-to-back with Willow and Ghostbusters? You know, you were a youngster, still like a preteen, weren't you at the time? No, I actually, uh, I I believe I was just barely old enough to get a drink when I did Slimer. So you were 18, you know? Exactly. No, I was 12. I was 10. No, I'm kidding. Well, she she was still still at a bar. (laughs) But it's funny because when you look at pictures, I look like I'm about twelve. Yeah. In the, in the in the photos, I I not only was petite, but man, I look like a, a kid. I'm surprised that they let me stay on the set. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I there's there's a video, um, and I was all proud of myself because I was actually able to have a beer. Um, Bill Murray came in um, to the set one day, and um, he was just checking things out. And at the end of the day, he brought in like music and. And, and drinks and, and just had everybody hang out and have a good time. And, and, and there's part of the video, it shows me um, with a beer in my hand. And I remember thinking, this is so cool. I get to actually have a beer in my hand and it's okay. Yeah, have the kids get, have Bill walk around and go, who gave the kid a beer? You know, hey, <laughs> hey, you know, you know, Bill's a fun loving guy from what we've heard, but it's like, yeah, who gave the kid a beer? He's, 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 he's a great guy. He, um, really, really nice. I was, kind of speechless when I met him. I really was. I just kind of didn't know what to say. Starstruck, you know, because yeah. I, of course, I appreciated him from all of his work in SNL and everything. I just, I, I just thought he was, I still do think he's amazing. And it's funny when you look at the video, you could tell I was just kind of this kid that was just like, wow, I don't know what to say. Happy, good, lucky, just happy to be there. And Oh yeah. 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 And that's still my attitude. Honestly, it's like, yeah. you know, I hope that, I hope that never changes no. as far as just being grateful to, to get the work. Um, I know how many people like come to LA to get work as actors. And I know I'm luckier than probably 95% of the people that show up to get work. And I'm extremely grateful that I've been able to, to at least be creative and, and do what I do what I love. And to actually st- yeah, it's funny that you say that uh, because another uh, horror actor uh, had told me that, and it was interesting that he, because uh, he, you know, he knew the stats and figures and of all that stuff uh, right off the top of his head. He was talking about maybe only one percent of actors who are in the union and everything right. make a living. Yeah. I think a livable very close. wage. It's like two percent, but he's very, very close. It's, yeah, it's very true. He, Hardly yeah, anybody. Yeah, yeah. He, but he he knew all the information because he yeah you know, he tries to read up on that, and he's been very fortunate. But he right. was saying he was saying that, you know, because obviously people hear about you know, your Brad Pitts, your this one, your that one who who are making twenty to thirty million dollars a picture, but yet, exactly. but he was talk, but he was talking that make an on it. Honestly, a livable wage was only like one or two percent what you were saying. It's a hard business and you, you better love it. You know, I, I have had a few people ask me, like, what advice would you give um, for any any person that, that wants to give it a go? And I, I always say, if, if there's something else that that is in your heart that you want to do, do it. 
But if that's the only thing that you can see yourself doing um, and, and you're going to live past all the no's you might hear because you love it so much, then do it. Yeah. Oh, it was Doug Bradley I was thinking of. I couldn't think of his name, but he was the <laughs> one who was, uh, yeah, he was on the ball talking, you know, knowing all that stuff. Right, but, right. Uh, like you said, uh, get used to uh, definitely got to be something you enjoy. But I know sometimes some of the people I've met also enjoy food as well, too. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, food and being at electricity and, you know, bathing more than once a week, you know, but paying uh, your rent, you know, yeah, all that, little... you know, all the logistical stuff. Most people don't rise can be a struggle early on in careers. That's for sure. It can definitely be a struggle, and just to get through that struggle, it's like it's the love of 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 what you what you want to do that'll keep you going. And and if it's something that you have a doubt about, if it's something that you know, but I also really maybe I want to be a nurse. I'd probably say go be a nurse because it's going to be an easier it's an easier path. But when you love something, that's all you can see yourself doing. Easy doesn't really matter. You just want to do it. And and that's that's why it's like if it's really in your blood and you really want to do it, surround yourself with people that. Um, want to do what you do and uh, surround yourself with creativity and learn and grow and go out there and do it. That's well, what I say. Well, would would you say you uh, appreciate uh, working for as long as you have, you know, as a working actress? Instead, mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you appreciate that more because you have been fortunate enough to make a living and constantly earning a check for work you've done? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I said, I'm so appreciative and I know this doesn't happen for many. I know like having, having a, a chance to, to be a part of a film that is part of Americana forever. And I'm a very small part of it, but the fact that I I was allowed to be a very small part of it, um, I'm forever grateful. Are you kidding? I mean, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. I'm one of the, I consider myself one of the luckiest people around. I really do. Yeah, well, hopefully you will be involved with uh, Ghostbusters 3. That uh, would be awesome if that happened. It, of course I would say yes immediately. If if, yeah. uh, if they approached me, I'd do it in a heartbeat. Are you kidding? Yes. Uh, well, we do know that Robin has been auditioning for some other projects on conversations I've had with her and <laughs> you know, stuff we can't discuss at the moment. But, <laughs> you know, if you want to you know, touch base with Robin and – you know, she sells some photo, product, signed production photos, and yeah, you, know, you can get up to date with her on Facebook. You know, there's. Oh, she, find me on Facebook. Yeah. Yes, definitely. but uh, if you want to get information from Robin and you know do all that stuff, uh, check out her website, her new official website, RobinShelby.com. Uh, best way to touch base and get find out about Facebook and email and, and Twitter and you all can that even other. Message me. You can message yeah. me through there too if you have a question or. You know, there's pretty much everything is on my website. There's a news um, section that kind of kind of lets you know everything that's coming up for me. So um, I, I had fun making it, uh, the website. It was, it was a lot of fun. Oh, you know what? Speaking of which, uh, I do have to ask you real sure. quick because I, I just remembered it, you know, <laughs> with the uh, new news and doing the con appearances and all recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, you did one in Florida, uh, I guess, about a month ago. How was yes. that uh, convention? Um, as always, in all honesty, I love meeting the fans. I love meeting the fans because they're generally so 
um, they're grateful. You know, you, you were a part of, of what they love and, and they just want to know more about you and they want to say hi. And, and it, that's a wonderful experience. Um, it was it was difficult in the sense that the first day the con it, now this is Florida in August, right? Sure. So it was like with the humidity, it was I think it was like 92 degrees, but it felt like 103 or something like that. And because it, it's obviously very humid. Um, we're, we were in like a warehouse for the uh, for the con. And unfortunately, the air conditioning stopped working. Um, and when you're in a building with a lot of people, a lot of body heat, um, I had somebody pass out right in front of my table. Nice. Um, it was I, I felt so bad. Everybody was dripping. It's just one of those things that happen. It's like, you know, the air conditioning happened to not work on a really big day for them. And um, luckily, the next day that was corrected. But um, it was one of my first time I was never in, I've never been to Pensacola. So it was my first time there. And wow, is it humid in August? Wow. Yes. I don't know how how do you how do you people in Pensacola, Florida, do it? I, in, in the summer, it's just like you walk for three minutes and it's like you've taken a shower. I mean, honestly, it's maybe I'm just a big baby and I'm not used to it. Yeah. But um, we were we were we were dripping. But I made some good friends too. Um, I I sat next to a a, a couple of people um, who were absolutely incredible. Um, one of which. Um, Oliver Robbins, who is the little boy in Poltergeist, who is okay. afraid of the clown. Um, really, really, really nice guy. And um, my husband and I, we were, you know, we, we, we've had dinner with he and his wife since then. And um, it's just, you know, it's, it's really, those events are kind of fun because you get to network and meet and become friends with other people that you normally would never have gotten to meet. Yeah, well, you know, that's why I remember telling you to that uh, another friend of the show was there and i do hope you got to, a chance to at least say hello to each other because that is a good contact to uh everybody to you know network and everything else that you just it said is. there it is it really is yeah so and you know it's funny because you said that unfortunately there was a hot day that first day with the lack of air conditioning and all which wow. <laughs> which which i will say it's and I know it ain't right, and I'll probably catch some heat for saying this, but I don't care. If, uh, for those type of events, sometimes the horror cons, I right. tend, I, and I'm not saying this is everybody, but there's a couple of people there at those type of events that I've been to. That you, you know, there's a couple people there. You're going. Have you ever heard of soap and deodorant and showering? Well, have you seen some of the costumes that they're wearing, though? Yeah, no. It's like, these, uh, it's, these were the people not in costume, Robin, I'm talking. Oh, okay. You're going. Okay. You know, it's one thing if you're in costume. You know, you're I get sweat. it. You're, you're going to sweat. It. I get yeah. it. You know, but it's like, there's these people, it's like, oh, yeah, they, they pretty much camp out in the lobby of the hotel wow. or what, or the event location most of the time I'm going. Right. Real, right. you know, hey. I get you here to have fun and, you know, whatever. But it's like, how about you try bathing? You know? <laughs> See, I, it's funny because where I'm sitting, I, I I don't really notice it, to be honest, that much because I'm sitting generally in a, on a table yeah. talking to people on the other side. <laughs> but um, I, I, I'm, I haven't had very many bad experiences at cons. I'm pretty lucky. And I didn't know what to expect. The first time I did a convention was like, Three and a half years ago, it was Horror Hound in Cincinnati. Okay. Um, amazing. And it was kind of cool because there was um, William Atherton, Slavica, um, who played Gozer. 
Ernie and myself. Um, so it was almost like a little Ghostbusters reunion. They put us in like this little a room that that we were able to kind of be together, and they called it like the Ghostbusters room. And for to be to have that be my very first event was a godsend because I wasn't sure if I'd like it. And I went into it saying, I'm going to try doing a convention. And if I like it, great. And if I don't, I don't have to keep doing them. You know, it's like, it's, it's like, I can see if it, if it works, if, if I'm happy, if, if, if it's a good experience and it was, and, and I've, I, you know, most, most of the time it's, it's, it's pretty incredible. And I always love meeting, meeting the fans that show up. I really do. Well, you know, would you say for the most part overall that the cons have been a good, uh, experience for you because we know you do have a good guy in Derek uh, who handles uh, your event bookings and all like that I, I I love him he's um he, he talk about trust and having your back yeah I mean that he, he's my rep for for conventions and I, I I I adore him he definitely has his people's back in what making oh, yeah. sure that, that making sure they're okay and and that's all I can ask for yeah because it it's funny, you know, that, you know, before we do let you go and all that, but it's funny that you, uh, say that Derek, you know, does have your back and has his clients backs. It's funny cause, uh, a promoter had reached out to us about possibly using Robin. So I asked, you know, I sent Robin an email and all that and said, Hey, who does, you know, all this, that this, that, and the other for her and. As soon as she mentioned Derek's name, I, I almost popped uh, for those wrestling fans that will listen to this as well. Uh, yeah, I popped because as soon as she told me who it was, I said, oh, I dealt with Derek for this, this, and that. You know, and right. I I knew right away as soon as she mentioned him that that's a good he's a good dude and he's going to do everything to make sure his clients are protected. That is for sure. I, I, I've enjoyed – I've really enjoyed working with him. He's um, And he's also outside of, of – working like at, you know like in the evenings when the convention is over he's just he's a very funny guy yeah he's a good he's, good dude just yeah. to sit and talk with and you know everything else and sit and have dinner and exactly he's a, he's a, exactly. He's a good guy to be around besides working with him that's for sure I, I do it was, it's a good fit like talk about you know i trust him and he supports me that 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 that's a, an example of just a, a good fit to work together. So I'm I'm lucky in that sense, definitely. And that seems to be the theme of this uh, interview of good. Uh, I know. Yeah, just good I people. Know. That underlining theme without discussing it, but that's for sure. That you know, I'm glad you noticed it too. Just about different projects you've worked with and the people and everything else. Just that good being surrounded by good uh, people around that's for sure Robin I try to do that you know it's like I think everybody should I think whatever you you kind of um, focus on and you put out you're gonna get back yeah and I, and I think I we all can kind of get frustrated and go to the negative and and, and me included but um, I, I've really tried to focus more on finding the positive and putting good things out and I'm finding when you surround yourself with that and positive people, Positive things will happen. It's true. Almost like a good karma kind of thing. That's right. Oh, absolutely. And and surround yourself with people who have good out good outlooks and and have good intentions and they're good people and good things will happen. They really will. Well, if you want to get more information on Robin, like I said uh, five minutes ago or so, uh, Rob, <laughs> yeah. Eh, now it's cool. We just go off on a tangent. It all all good in the hood here. Uh, yeah. Word. Uh, <laughs> RobinShelby.com. Robin, thank you.